Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Monday, August 21st, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we have AI-generated art denied copyright protection, a federal judge rejects a class settlement for Tesla roofs, AMC investor drops lawsuit, and California DMV worried about GM Cruise autonomous cars. Let's hit the ground running in a new week and really make the most of the fresh start by splashing around in today's legal news. On this day in legal history, August 21st, 1878, the American Bar Association, or ABA, was formed. The ABA was established on August 21st, 1878 in Saratoga Springs, New York, marking a pivotal moment in American legal history. At a time when the legal profession was primarily comprised of sole practitioners, 100 lawyers from 21 states founded the ABA with the stated aim of advancing jurisprudence, promoting justice, and ensuring uniformity of legislation. Since its inception, the ABA has grown to represent approximately half of all lawyers in the United States, with additional categories of associate and international memberships. Throughout its history, however, the ABA has not been without its warranted criticisms and controversies. The association's past stances on race led to marked scrutiny, with a notable incident in 1912 where William H. Lewis's admission was rescinded due to his race, a policy only changed in 1943. This legacy spurred the creation of the National Bar Association by African-American lawyers in 1925. In recent years, the ABA has made attempts to increase diversity, such as electing its first African-American and Hispanic-American presidents and achieving a majority female roster of officers in 2016. More recently, criticism extends to policy positions, drawing ire particularly from conservative viewpoints for its stances on issues like abortion, gun control, and same-sex marriage. Additional criticism has been directed at the ABA's failure to keep pace with the changing demands of modern society, its resistance to regulatory reform, and its general handling of the practice of law in modernity. A federal judge in Washington, D.C. has ruled that AI-generated art does not qualify for copyright protection as it lacks human authorship. The case was brought by computer scientist Stephen Thaller, who sought copyright registration for a piece created by his AI program, Creativity Machine, but the U.S. Copyright Office denied his application. Judge Beryl A. Howell's decision is the first in the U.S. to define legal boundaries for AI-generated art, a rapidly growing field. Citing previous cases where non-human creations were denied copyright protection, Howell stated that the courts have consistently refused to recognize copyright in works without human involvement. The ruling raises questions about how much human input is required for AI-generated works to qualify for copyright and how to determine the originality of such art. Thaler's attorney plans to appeal, but the Copyright Office believes the court's decision was correct. The ruling adds to an ongoing debate about copyrightability in the era of AI, as the Copyright Office recently granted limited copyright registration for an AI-assisted graphic novel, further complicating the issue. A federal judge has rejected a $6 million class settlement between Tesla Inc. and homeowners who claim the company engaged in a bait-and-switch with rooftop solar panel prices. In 2016, Tesla introduced a solar panel that resembled a tiled roof, and plaintiffs Matthew Amans and Babak Malik alleged that the company initially lured customers with a low cost before hiking the prices in April of 2021. The proposed settlement included specific sums for customers who incurred additional costs or chose to proceed at the increased price. The plaintiffs asked Judge Vince Chabria to preliminarily approve the deal in June, which would cover around 8,200 class members. However, Judge Chabria denied the approval motion, stating that the filing didn't adequately explain the case's strengths and weaknesses or sufficiently clarify how the parties calculated the relief amounts. The case was dismissed without prejudice, which means we will likely see a refiling of the motion for preliminary approval of class action settlement. An investor in AMC Entertainment Holdings, Inc. will drop a lawsuit demanding a board election at the movie theater chain as the company has scheduled its first general shareholder meeting in over a year for November 8th. The parties agreed to dismiss the litigation in Delaware's Court of Chancery with prejudice, meaning the case cannot be refiled. 
The lawsuit was filed in July in conjunction with a separate shareholder case over AMC's preferred units, which we've spoken of in past episodes. An approved nine-figure settlement on August 11th allowed AMC to enact a plan to convert its preferred stock to common shares, with preferred units ceasing to trade on August 25th. The Chancery Court denied a motion to stop the conversion from one objecting investor. Meanwhile, another AMC investor filed a new lawsuit this week alleging that the settlement shortchanges APE or preferred stock shareholders. In a related development, AMC has sued its insurers in Delaware Superior Court for refusing to fund the settlement. California's Department of Motor Vehicles, or DMV, as it is known in the biz, is investigating recent concerning incidents involving General Motors' autonomous vehicle unit crews after a robo-taxi was involved in a collision with an emergency vehicle in San Francisco. The DMV has requested crews to reduce its active fleet by 50% until the investigation is completed and road safety improvements are made, a request Cruz has agreed to. The accident occurred when a fire truck operating in an emergency mode collided with one of Cruz's cars, resulting in non-life-threatening injuries to the sole passenger. Cruz stated that the car identified the risk and initiated a braking maneuver, but was unable to avoid the crash. This incident comes after the California Public Utilities Commission voted to allow Cruz and Waymo's robo-taxis to operate at all hours and charge passengers in San Francisco despite opposition. Following the accident, City Attorney David Chu has requested a halt to CPUC's decision, citing the technology is not yet ready. And with that, I thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, you can find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Andrew and my co-host Gina is at Gina. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and do not represent those of any organization we may be affiliated with. Nothing here should be construed as legal advice because it is not legal advice. And reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then, remember, a watched clock never boils. 